0: Tovar is an equal opportunity employer.
1: God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light. From above
2: From the mountains From the
0: mountains To the
1: prairies
2: To the prairies,
0: the,
1: ocean,
2: to the
0: oceans the white, white with
1: foam God, God bless, bless America My home sweet home God. God. Bless America, my home, sweet home.
0: It usually ends with a tap on the rump.
2: And people that sit in the bleachers have said, We notice when you're done, you always give her a little.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Joe Madden would always comment on yes, that.
2: No. <laughs> we miss Joe already.
0: Yeah, well. Joe, it's funny, Joe Madden, uh, you, you guys know who Spencer Tracy was, right? Well, you see. <laughs> first game in spring training when I first met Joe five years ago. We're singing, and, of course, the smart-ass Rick Sutcliffe is standing next to him, (laughs) and he can't help himself. So they're giggling as I'm singing the anthem. And uh, Charlie Steiner, formerly ESPN, now Los Angeles Dodgers radio guy, he and I are the same height. And in certain times, before he let his beard go completely gray, uh, we were often confused for one another. And uh, he would say, I'd walk through the airport at O'Hare and he'd say, Hey, how you doing, Wayne? And he says, Does anybody ever say, Hey, how you doing, Charlie? I said, Charlie, in Chicago, they say, Hello, Wayne. Yeah. So, take that, my friend. <laughs> so after I was done singing, the very first time I can walk it off. And, you know, madness, uh, because, you know, know, Sutcliffe is uh, egging him on. And he says, boy, I didn't know Charlie Steiner could sing. (laughs) I said, I didn't know that Spencer Tracy could manage. (laughs) That was our first exchange. (laughs) But every single time, spring training, every game, he would stand there and wait as uh, I or we would come off and we'd exchange pleasantries. Sometimes a little salty, but it's fun. <laughs> yeah, What a beautiful guy.
2: Well, I have to tell a quick story. When uh, We've decided that our grandkids need adventures, not always gifts. Hmm. So our uh, almost 13-year-old granddaughter, she chose a special Wrigley Field Day, which, you know, we could get her into places no one else could go. So, We took a bunch of pictures. She was so excited. And right before the anthem, I walked over to the dugout, and I said, Joe, would you mind having a picture taken with our granddaughter? Absolutely not. So he jumps out, and she's all excited. Well, it was the week that he got let go. She was so mad. When she looked at that picture, she said, oh, great, now I have a picture with this guy who got fired. And I said, well, he was... Let go. It's a little bit different. So I hope she. That's the last picture I took of him. So
0: I, I'm. I'm sure uh, Rossi will take a, a photo with her too. All
2: right. Let's. Here we go. Let's do this. Tap me twice.
3: <laughs> She's giving you permission, man. I heard it. I heard it. It's a party.
0: There's so many lines at this point. <laughs> You know, and uh, every time I sing this and I have a chance to say something beforehand, I always think, you know, we we, we sing this song and uh, half a globe away, there are some young men and women who are still putting their lives on the line, in uniform, in combat danger situations, who would love to be here tonight with us. So let's keep them in mind. I almost wore a suit just like this. <laughs>
2: I mean, I would have liked
0: it if we were twins.
2: <laughs>
3: anyway.
2: That's, yeah. That's
0: even more frightening than I ever thought.
3: Okay.
1: Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? What so proudly we hailed At the twilight's last gleaming Whose broad stripes and bright stars Through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched Were so gallantly streaming on the rocket's
4: 400 podcast is on the air, and this episode was recorded live at Club 400 with a guy who I've always wanted to have out here, and this was his second appearance. But this event was based around him, and he is a Chicago living legend. He is Wayne Mesmer, and that night his wife was also out here too, Kathleen. And if you don't know by now, you will later that she usually sings with him on on Sundays at Wrigley Field, and It was an honor and it was a pleasure to have these two out at the club uh it was something that i since i opened up club 400 uh you know wayne let's face it he was the voice of wrigley field and when i was growing up i mean you know his voice was right before play ball so uh and you know he's also just um, a great person so i mean they're a great couple they're as you will hear in this episode you talk about a couple that loves one another uh that 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 are best friends well, that is wayne and kathleen and you know wayne has one heck of a story to tell you and he uh, hey he's a chicago icon and we are really happy to have him at club 400 so here's our episode with wayne and kathleen mesmer these guys pretty much put the calendar club 400 tonight let's give them a warm applause wayne and kathleen mesmer everybody thanks Stu.
0: Anyway, so we, you know, we we've met and we started doing musical theater together. And uh, uh, this girl here has probably done thirty some different musicals.
2: Ah, uh, seventy-five.
0: Seventy-five different musicals. And uh, you know, some people say, "Well, how in the heck did you get started doing the national anthem?" Um, or how did you get invited back? And I said, "Well, I showed up the first time and didn't suck," you know. <laughs> Um, actually, it started with the Chicago Sting soccer team in uh, 1980, and I was working at a radio station that was uh, carrying the games. And uh, they, uh, you know, they, they needed somebody to fill in at Chicago Stadium for uh, an indoor soccer game. And uh, so I, you know, I I did the announcing there, PA announcing, and they said, "Oh, that was great. Do it again. All right." He invited me to come out right after they had bought the White Sox, and and, uh, they said, we want to make a change, and we'd like you to to come out and be the voice of Comiskey Park. Now, I grew up on the south side, uh, but in all reality, my childhood team was the Milwaukee Braves. And uh, so when Stinkin' Ted Turner bought them and moved them, I was already a National League guy. Cubs were not great in the early 60s. And let's
2: just make this clear, I was a Cubs fan... All, all my life. All
0: of her life. Yeah. I know the day I became a cup fan. It was a game of the week of night in 1967 when uh, they went uh, not into, yeah they they went into first place by beating the uh, uh, Cincinnati Reds and everyone stayed in the ballpark and waited for the flag standings to go up for them in first place. Yeah, that was craziness. So, but that, you know, the, just the right place at the right time so often. I did three years with the White Sox and then had an opportunity to come to the real club in Chicago. And uh, so, eighty from 1985 until, I hope, many years more. But uh, that's, I've been with the Cubs. I was a PA announcer for, you know, 20 years. Now batting, number 23, Ryan Sandberg. And uh, then handed that off to other people. And uh, I was there for 1983, the All-Star Game at Comiskey, I got to announce. And uh, then in 1990, the All-Star Game at uh, Wrigley Field. So what a privilege that was. Also, I got to sing at the first ever uh, night game, we stood there waiting in the rain in 8888. Sang, but uh, wound up singing the next night when we beat the Phillies, um, or the stinking Mets, right? The official yes. game. Yeah. The uh, it doesn't matter. We beat some crummy team that came yeah. in at time. But in 1994, I, I just want to give you this. I mean, I spent 13 years singing every Blackhawks game at Old Chicago Stadium. The 1991 NHL All-Star Game is something that, if you ever want to go on YouTube and see that, one of the great moments ever. It was a day and a half after the Gulf War had begun, and I'm up in the organ loft, and back there, then the uh, the organ was on a hydraulic. The organ loft was on a hydraulic lift, so I love to say when I would sing, the organ would rise. <laughs> Come on. I'll tap you twice. <laughs> so, But what a moment that was. That was, a, that was an amazing thing. Because it was a time when what you are gifted to do and what you are requested to do meets in the same intersection. Very rare. And I've always been one of these guys who has paid attention and lived life with my eyes open. Because I believe there's a great phrase that says... Sometimes you will never know the true value of a moment until it becomes a memory. I assure you, this particular moment right now is something that I am soaking in with great delight. Great delight. Great delight crazy thing that happened. Uh, Wrigley, one day I was singing, and I was in the midst, and there's only about two times where you actually get to take a breath the way I sing it. And uh, there was a fly buzzing around my head. (laughs) And you're never quite sure if the camera's on you or not, so you don't want to do one of these groucho things following the the fly. But he comes right around as I take a big gasp for breath. (laughs) And uh, so I... Swallowed them, and then kept going. There was a time singing a Bulls game when they had a microphone. It was a piece of. uh, It wasn't nice. It was a a, a handheld like mic on a. It was stupid, and it was live. So you know, you know. know, Oh, say does that star spangled? I'm, by the way, December 9th, I'm going out to sing a Bulls game at the United Center for the first time in 25 years. And the only reason I'm doing it, well, a couple reasons, but uh, one of them is because they're playing Toronto, so I get to sing O Canada as well. But yes, acapella. The thing that Bill made... It it touched me so deeply, and I'll tell you why. On uh, April 9th of 94, and those of you who have the book and those of you who know the story, after singing a Blackhawks game, walking back to my parked car, I see a kid walking down the street. I get in the car, I keep my eye on him. Another kid runs up behind me and never saw him, never heard him. As I pulled out of the parking spot, he bangs on the window, boom, pulls the trigger, 9 millimeter, shot, point blank, In the neck. (sighs) You know, I mean, what do I do for a living? I sing, I speak, I broadcast, I narrate, I use my voice, the God-given gift of my voice. Scared? Yeah, beyond belief. I drove a block and a half back to where I just come from, Taylor Street. Hawkeyes, right across from uh, uh, Rosebud. Got out of the car, knocked on the door, and walked into this place. And sat and waited for the ambulance, the police, to arrive. A couple guys named Bill and Henry, the paramedics, showed up. Twenty years later, after that event, I had those two guys come out to a Chicago Wolves game and stand next to me. It was the first time that we had been together, the three of us. uh, Watch out for that. Uh, Three of us together at the same time uh, since that particular night being flanked by a couple of guys who saved my life was an incredible emotion. Now, I promised myself four things when I was shot and couldn't speak and maybe wasn't even going to ever be able to speak again or certainly not be able to sing again. And I was at County Hospital where they did the work, thank God. Off we went then to Northwestern for some recuperation. Which was like going from Nicaragua to Monte Carlo, you know. <laughs> and <clears throat> while we're there, I'm being wheeled down one day, and I am so, I am so angry because I never. It, 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 it was. I truly was the innocent victim of a senseless act of violence. I wasn't able to defend myself. I mean, I grew up, I grew up on the South Side, and uh, you know, I wasn't. I wasn't afraid to drop the gloves, but there was nothing I could have done, but it pissed me off. I wanted, I wanted justice, I wanted, I wanted revenge, I wanted to punch somebody in the head. And I was so angry, and it was eating me alive, and the only thing that I could do was to grab some life preservers to try and say, what can I do to keep me from, literally, from imploding? There were four things. Number one, above all, I would not let anybody steal the opportunity for me to sing with Kathleen. Two. I wouldn't I had just started the Chicago Wolves. I'm the guy who drew the business plan, the marketing plan, the game presentation plan. We hadn't played a game yet, but I wanted that to be a success. That was check mark number 2. Number 3, I thought, well, At some point, if the voice comes back, I'd love to record an album of songs that mean something to me. And I ultimately did that as well. And then, remember, this is 1994, uh, so obviously I was pretty well uh, morphined up when I made this wish. If the Cubs ever made it to the World Series, I'd love to sing a game. October 30th. 2016 Ooh. at noon the two of us got to sing at a dear friend's uh, birthday party it was great or we're, we're doing the you know kiss me Kate stuff uh, uh, wunderbar you know musical stuff the, the cool stuff that we do and I was able to sing in full voice and uh, uh, oh, yeah, oh, whoa. whoa. Um, anyway, and and then from there we drove out to the then um, no, then we drove out to the uh, to the Allstate Arena for a four o'clock hockey game, and I walked out on the red carpet, um, same place where I had come out six months and five days after being shot to sing again, and this was you know how many years later, and sang in front of. Thousands, I think it was like 15,000 people at that game. And I thought, wait, that's check mark number two of a promise that I made to myself in my darkest hour. We got in the car and we, we had to go somewhere else that night. And on our way there, I think I played a, a tune from the album that I recorded, the CD. And I'm thinking, you know, when I recorded that in uh, 2012 or 13, as I sang those love songs, there's a microphone right in front of me, and it looked exactly like my dear wife's face. That's who I was singing it to. Check mark number three. Where were we going? We were going to Wrigley Field because it was an 8 p.m. ball game that night. And they handed me the microphone for God Bless America and the National Anthem. And as I strolled past home plate and saw the World Series logo on home plate, it, it hit me that in my darkest moment of my life in 1994, I had made four promises to myself that if ever, I would try to make those things happen. And I, I planted good seeds, and you never know when those seeds might harvest, and sometimes it takes a long while. But as I walked out there and took a deep breath and uh, realized that there are millions and millions of people watching, that they indeed were watching me make that fourth check mark of something that was so important to me, and they were witnessing truly a miracle happen. So that means a lot to me. Hell yeah. yeah! My wife's probably got a story. I
1: do. <laughs>
3: um, <clears throat>
0: I want to, but I do want to say um, who, who I'm married to. Other than just a, a, a beautiful, talented person, a beautiful person because she is a hospice volunteer. She is a longtime kindergarten teacher and. You know, I I would go to her class and just watch these kids and every little girl in her class wanted to be her. And every little boy had a crush on her. She's a member of a seven-time international gold medal championship chorus called the Melodeers of Sweet Adelines International. Every Thursday, she's part of a chorus performing group of about 20 women who put on about a half an hour show for people that, when we get there, I pray to God that somebody comes to see me while I'm sitting there with a drool cup and a and a lonely heart. Every Thursday, they go out and they perform at senior facilities and centers. So when you look at me, you know I'm I'm an okay guy. I think I try as hard as I can, but it's always every. Good guy has to have a great woman behind him, who has nothing to wear. Because <laughs> in a marriage, remember, in a marriage there are always two people. There's uh, how does it go? Are there, oh Jesus! No, 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 no. There's two. One is always right, and the other is the husband. What a deer i have this is this is so fun Stu. Uh, thank you for having us because i've told so many people about the last time i was here and i said you 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 can't believe this place it's a it's a mecca it's uh it's it's where you come uh to worship the cubs And, uh, you know, a lot of things have have happened in my life. I I was able to start the Chicago Wolves hockey team. We've won four championships, yay. Um, I got this ring, and to make sure that I got it, when nobody was looking, she sends a letter to Ricketts to make sure that he takes care of me. And uh, so, I I don't know. Do you have a question or... Some oh a, oh a four hundred oh, yeah. pin yay. Yeah. Yes.
3: Wait. <coughs>
1: Testing one two hello.
3: <coughs> Here
1: go. Wayne, uh, I was there in Game Five of the World Series and got to hear you sing, and that was an honor. But. Uh, The one thing i talked to you about and i've talked to you about this before uh ron santo passed away december 3rd 2010 cubs convention 2011. i've heard you sing the national anthem so many times but for whatever reason when you sang it at cubs convention 2011 right after ronnie passed away it really was different than all the other anthems i've ever heard you sing what was going through your head at that time and what were you feeling and, and what was going through the crowd in
0: your mind? Well, we had lost a, a piece of our heart when he died. I remember it was the final game of uh, the regular season a few years earlier when it's, it is hard. The, the, the NHL All-Star game was a tough one because that needed to be done right. Um, that particular day, we could, that's all we could think of was Ronnie. You know, I mean, the, the, the memories were just flashing like crazy. How about your favorite your favorite Ronnie story when he's coming out one day? and?
2: Oh, boy. this. I, I, strangely enough, even with my powerful voice, I do have some lung issues. And <clears throat> so we were, Ron and I ended up um, on the stairway going up to the press box about the same time. And he had one of his prosthesis. I don't think he had the second one yet. And... He said, "I want to show you something." And he starts pulling up his pant leg, and I thought, "Oh God, what are you going to show me?" And, and, and it was—he wasn't
0: pulling it down. Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> and he showed me the first one, which I think the first one was the pinstripes. Yeah. And then he had the other one was done with the cubby blue. <clears throat> so we're walking upstairs, and and to get to the press box, you have to go up. One pretty good flight, make a turn, and then another flight. And I'm looking at the stairs thinking, I don't know, I'm not good at stairs. I hope I don't run out of breath. But Ron's next to me, and I'm thinking, D- I wonder if he needs my help getting up the steps. I'm telling you, that guy leaned back and went forward, and he beat me up all those stairs. And, I, I mean, I, I I was a big 69 fan. Well, not that kind of '69, but.
1: <laughs> I was.
3: Oh okay. oh <laughs> Sorry.
0: Notice, <laughs> notice, it wasn't me who said that.
2: Okay, now. <laughs> okay, now I'm blushing, but I. I'll
0: tap you four yeah. times. <laughs>
2: What a crowd! (laughs) Anyway, I was a big fan of the 1969 Cubs, and to, to this day, I mean, it almost brings tears to my eyes, the fact that a guy like Billy Williams will come up to me and start singing the National Anthem in my ear. We were asked to speak in front of the ushers at Wrigley one time, and I got so choked up and teary because they gather all the ushers together and they have people give them a little pep talk and whatever. And I said, I hope I can say this without crying, but at the end of the season, Wrigley Field is, is my heaven on earth. And I said, on the last day of the last game of the season, especially when we know we're not going to get into the playoffs, and you know it's the last game. We always take the long, long, long walk along the third baseline all the way to the final stairway to get the last glimpse of the ballpark, knowing this is the last time we're going to be here until the next season begins. And there's always that big lump in my throat because I love that place. And I keep telling him if I go first, I want a little bit of my ashes in the Atlantic Ocean where I went as a kid a lot, and the rest of them, I want you to bring a little plastic bag and, sh- 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 <laughs> and dump them on the field. But there's just, as we all know, there's something, there's magic there, win or lose. It, it is a beautiful place on a summer day, and uh, a couple of cold beers and some friends and, and our favorite guys like Javi Baez. And, you know, kind of stuff.
0: It's funny, you, you mentioned Billy. I, I, I think ever since I've been there, And whether it's in Arizona or or at the ballpark, it's never hello. It's never just hello. It's always, oh, say can you see. Always. I said, Billy, why don't you sing it one day? Because he's got a heck of a nice voice. That would be so cool. I would like to, and maybe I will one day. I've threatened to do it. Um, It's been said that a gentleman is someone who knows how to play the accordion. But chooses not to. <laughs> <clears throat> well, I, I play the accordion and have since I was a kid. That's what introduced me to music in the first place. And one of these days, I'm gonna strap that dog on and walk out on the field and just play the national anthem on the accordion. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, yeah. you would love, love it. Yeah, you know, it would probably make uh, probably make Sports Center or something. Yeah so that would that would be fun, but what a g- you know what an honor it is to be involved with uh with the team that you that you truly love and when they love you back. I know that we can criticize one thing or another, but man, oh man, to walk to just hang out in that park and gallagher way and I mean I'm tempted every single time I'm there to just lay down in the grass <laughs> you know. You no, know, and,
2: one, and one more thing. When, when I, it's hard for me to even say the words, World Series came to Wrigley Field. I, I refused to say that those two words all that summer. And when Game Three happened, and he did, did you do God Bless or the anthem? Right. And then this other person did the national anthem. And we walked in there for a sound check early in the morning. The, the place was almost empty, except for some techie guys down in the field. And you saw the world, words, World Series, on the top of the dugout and on the scoreboard. And there was nobody in the place. I, won't, I, I have chills now because that was amazing. And then, of course, Game 5 that we won... The two of us looked at each other in that game, and well, there were tears. And I, and I said, you know what I loved about this game? Obviously, with that we won. There were tons of dads and sons at that game. Yeah.
0: It wasn't, it wasn't the corporate crowd who snagged all the tickets. Interesting because, again, to show you the person, the character that I'm married to... In more ways than one, but this, the character of the person, um, my brother, who's, who I said would would be, I'd probably have to, you know, sedate him after being here to, just to see this. Um, game four. As much as my wife is, as you can tell, kind of a Cubs nut, she said, "Why don't yeah, you?" Welcome to this room. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know, this is a, yeah, this is a. This is a, a bowl of nuts here, boy. A, <laughs> and self-included. But but she says, why don't you call your brother Bud and take him to game four? Turned out to be a crappy game.
2: Yeah. But, I turned it off and played the piano, to be yeah. honest with you. But, I
0: mean, you know, very unselfishly did that. That's why I'm glad that that, that particular night, October 30th of 2016, will live forever and ever in my heart, and I'm just glad that, you know, that that we got to share that together, and we all got to share that together. It was pretty damn cool.
2: And how about game seven?
0: Oh, my God.
2: My brother is not necessarily a sports fan, but he called me the next day, and he said, that was like watching a movie, because if if you would have seen that movie of that game, you went, That that couldn't happen. How do, you know? And then there's a rain delay and the whole thing. And I that was. And you still we
0: still watch. You still watch the video and you like, go <laughs> eighth inning. You know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, and you know what happens. It's just unbelievable. We were we did not go to Cleveland. We uh, we spent uh, two the game six and game seven in two different Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> Uh We had to be somewhere where there was alcohol just because <laughs> and uh, with a group of about twenty of us, and there are some wonderful pictures my My business partner, who's really a just a fabulous guy but kind of nutty, was you know I thought we were going to have to revive him when that home run happened and it tied the game.
2: And my comment was I will not start this again in April. They need to win this because I can't I can't do this again. Again yeah. and again, wait till next year, all that. You know. yeah.
0: And you know while we hope I mean I'd love to I'd love to have them win in twenty twenty. It'd be awesome. But it would never quite be the same again. Yeah. Never. And the, the 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 parade, oh my God, we were so fortunate to be in one of the one of the cars and trolleys in the parade and you just couldn't believe what you were seeing and it wasn't a bunch of goofballs nobody's breaking windows nobody's doing anything destructive other than just the most uh, that was that was one of the most healthy things that ever happened to this city you know and then we had the election the next day <laughs> <laughs>
2: All you're done
0: talking. No, I'm sorry. We had the election the next day. And so that's it. That's who we are. We love what we do. Uh, Well, thank you. Thanks, everybody. Let's have some fun. Thanks
2: for having us.
0: Thanks, Stu. Hey, what?
4: I mean, one of the... that's the thing, you guys. All you guys got a copy of that book tonight, all right? Please, it's an easy read. It's a. Did you? Did he write that book, or do you have? A... Yeah, I wrote every word of that
0: book. Really? This wasn't as told to some, you know. Even though I could have, uh, I, I could have easily called uh, Bob Ibeck, and he would have, uh, yeah. he would have done something wonderful with it. But every single word in there was me sitting down at the computer, and so she saw just the back of my head for about six months as I wrote it and probably wrote that book three times yeah but there's a lot of emotion in there Kathleen will point out that chapter 14 is her favorite it's called I'll take you home again Kathleen and uh, uh, it, it, it doesn't it doesn't bring you up to the point of, uh, of the world series but uh, there's another there's another book in the works
4: and to share some of the things that we've talked about here. I mean, in a way, the book is trials and tribulations of life, but it's a love story, right?
0: It is a love story. It's a love story about us, and it's a love story about life, you know? Uh, Most people are about as happy as they make their minds up to be, said Abraham Lincoln, and uh, I think that's that's
4: the truth. That's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) So there. From the day I uh, built Club 400, um, because Bill Watts said it great earlier today, you were the voice of Wrigley Field to me. When I went to Wrigley Field, you used to sing every game, I believe, right? I mean, it seemed like every game I went to, you were singing. And uh, I was like, man, I really want to honor Wayne and Kathleen. And uh, tonight uh, was that opportunity. And I really appreciate you guys taking time out of your schedule. To come out here and celebrate with us at Club 400, man, I really do. We will never forget tonight. I promise you. But well, wait, you. I gotta ask you a favor. Right? Oh. I mean, we got Wayne Mesmer in the house tonight, right? Yeah. We gotta play at least a few bingo games, right? Got you. <laughs> you know, it's funny
0: because all of these years of doing the, you know, the announcing and uh, commercials and and singing and everything else. You try to distinguish yourself as some kind of a professional for doing. Quiet in the back,
4: please. I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to come
0: back there and get you. <laughs> awesome. Wow. Awesome. And what's so great is the way that the national anthem transcends generations. And Kathy, uh, yeah, you've seen this. It, uh, before a game, I I I always say I'm going to walk around and try to get recognized. You know and. So a uh, grandma will, will be there, and, and uh, she says, Oh, I'm just so I prayed for you. you <laughs> Thank you, my dear. It really uh, it means a lot to me. Then the mom will say, Oh, I remember you from the days when I, my first date was a Blackhawks game at Chicago Stadium. Oh, I just love it. those days. Thank you so much. Then her daughter uh, will say, Oh, I go to the Wolves games all the time. That's great. I love the those games great and then the little one is standing there the whole time with eyes that are like marty feldman you're the bingo guy
3: yeah. <laughs> 20 years man. 20 years
0: we do have cards left for the bingo they are 10 bucks a piece if
1: you
4: guys want them, see Sarah at the bar. I believe Sarah, hold him up. Yep, Sarah's got him at the bar. Oh, yeah, awesome.
0: And instead of bingo, of course, it's Cubs C U B S logo. Yes. So my favorite, which I say is always the most often asked question at the uh, at the Cubs convention, u eighteen? Yeah!
4: <laughs> so Wayne, I do have one more question for you.
3: I love it. Wait.
4: All right, guys, last call for bingo cards. are $10, and the only reason why we're collecting $10 is because we're giving away prizes, all right? If there's a tie, we'll break the tie like always, Wayne. What's the uh, code word for uh, social? we got to have one because we don't have flags here, so... Um, what do you think? We need, we need a social one, a social word. A
0: fly that has flown over historic Wrigley Field. <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, no, I... Uh, all right, Gary, go ahead. So, Wayne, I'm a, I'm a longtime Hawks fan as well. How much do you miss the old singing at the old stadium and how loud and how, I mean, the place used to erupt
1: during the anthem. I mean, yeah. I, my childhood is filled with memories at the
3: stadium where it was just, it was one of the loudest places I've ever heard in my life.
0: The, uh, the old Chicago stadium at its loudest was measured at 110 decibels. That's, uh, that's equivalent of a jet plane taking off.